0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the War Memorial Opera House. It is Sunday, May 6th, and it is the final performance of San Francisco Ballet's 2012 repertory season. You are in for a treat today with Don Quixote. Um, So, uh, let's see. First of all, I should tell you that we are being recorded for a podcast. You can listen to other Meet the Artist interviews by going to the ballet's website at sfballet.org. You will find podcasts of Meet the Artist interviews, of the Points of View lectures. You'll also find a number of blogs from our dancers and other artists talking about what goes on backstage. So do go to the website and check that out. It is all brought to you by San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. My name is Allison Groves. I work in the Ballet's Development Office, Office and I'm happy to be here today with you and with Patty Fitzpatrick. Let me tell you a little bit about Patty. but she has been with us for 29 years now. And she, um, she has been involved with every new production, the costumes for every new production since 1985 when Helge Thomason came on board as artistic director. So please join me in welcoming Patty.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So, Patty, you're a member of the wardrobe department. I'm wondering if you can give me a little overview of what your role is and how many people are in the department and what you all do.
1: Um, I'm the costume supervisor, and there are three of us that are the heads of department. There's the wardrobe supervisor, George Elvin, and there is the costume production coordinator, Nancy Endy. And it's our job during the year to make sure that... um, all of the uh, p- preparation for the season is done, and we start to work in July uh, when the dancers uh, come back to um, start rehearsing The would be this year when we come back in July, it'll be for the 2013 season. And so um, everybody has their own individual jobs, whether it be overseeing all the new ballets or overseeing the men's wardrobe along with all the budgeting and um, financial end of it. And then uh, the... Um, The costume supervisor oversees the women's wardrobe department as well as the uh, planning for uh, remaking of costumes and fittings, alterations, and how the season's going to run and what kind of a crew that you'll need.
0: So one thing we should make clear is that when we have a new production like Don Quixote and the new sets and costumes, you are not building the costumes in
1: your department. They're being built elsewhere. That's correct the costumes are being built, th- these particular costumes were built in, m- primarily in New York and uh, there were one or two other um, costume houses that were located in other areas and they um, they all participate and work with the designer Martin Pacladinas and his staff which are located in New York and then the, um, it, it, it depends basically on the designer. And I
0: assume that's because it takes many more people than you have on staff to create these costumes.
1: Uh, That's correct. And plus, we're we're just not set up to be a costume um, shop in the sense of building. There are ballet companies like Boston Ballet and Pacific Northwest Ballet, Houston Ballet, that have a separate costume shop that's run by um, a, a separate staff that... That does just the building, rather than doing the daily running of the ballets and um, the wardrobe end of it. So uh, we we can build costumes, and we do build costumes if it's um, a small ballet or a pas de deux, or if it involves uh, remaking, um, especially with uh, certain pieces that wear out faster than others. Then we can we'll build tutus, or we'll build silk chiffon dresses, men's shirts, and uh, but it's on a much smaller scale. There's 300 costumes that were built for Don Quixote. That includes the duplicates, and so um, it's, it's a year-long process that has to take place someplace full time. Well, let's talk a little bit about Don
0: Quixote. This, um, the choreography that you're going to see today was first performed on stage here in 2003 and we have brought it back a couple of times since, but that was always with rented sets and costumes that I believe came from the Royal Danish Ballet. That's correct. So this year we're seeing a bunch of, well, 300 costumes, you said, and a set that were designed specifically for San Francisco Ballet, and we now own them. And I'm wondering what the benefit is of owning the costumes instead of renting them from someplace else.
1: Well, the benefit is is uh, with our company, um, if we're going to go on tour, uh, if we're going to perform it on a regular basis like we do in, in sort of um, repertory with our other uh, full-length ballets, um, the, uh, the logistics of renting costumes, especially a full-length ballet for many other Company, especially a European company, involves a lot of um, pl- planning in advance and uh, whether or not they're using the costumes that year or somebody else has rented them. And um, if, we're gonna, if we would do it again and then there's all the sizes that are involved, especially if you have like uh, five different principles. That um, in each of the roles that will be dancing, so you have to take that into consideration. In, in this in this particular instance, um, the Royal Danish's costumes were uh, more than 20 years old, and so they were getting a little threadbare. And uh, a lot of times. If we do rent on a regular basis a certain ballet um, and you see that it's starting to get wear and tear, you can either uh, team up with that company and see maybe if you jointly want to rebuild parts of the costumes or not. So I think that the powers that be here decided that perhaps it was a worthwhile investment because it's very popular and it's, uh, it's a wonderful ballet to watch so. and the costumes are gorgeous.
0: Yeah, Marty really did a great job with these costumes, and I'm wondering uh, when the process of building them started and when you first became involved.
1: Well, the process was um, last summer uh, when the when the drawings were done. It, it was it, he he met with Mr. Thomason and um, started to do the sketching, and then uh, when we came back to work in July, there were meetings and. Uh, Um, Nancy Endy, the costume production coordinator, uh, is the person that's primarily involved in uh, communicating and working and mapping out all of the coordination when it comes to the individual costume houses with the designer and with the company. So Nancy started to work very closely with the... um, People like Parsons, Mears, and Tricorn, and uh, you know Corelli, the different places that were selected, and Mr. Paklindis selected the uh, who would be best um, to uh, build certain types of costumes. So it was a matter of choosing uh, his choice, and uh, George and I, George Elvin and I, uh, become involved when they start to do the fittings. And so the first fittings that they would do would be in October, and then they would consequently come maybe six weeks later to two months later and do another set of fittings, and then a third set of fittings.
0: And so all of the costumes are shipped out from New York where they were being built to San Francisco so the dancers can put them on, or so you can make sure they're all working or
1: dancing correct. In the early... It, it, initially they bring out muslins and so um, all of the tutus uh, in in the second act were built by Yoshi Terashima that lives in London and so he brought basic uh, cutile bodices and just a selection of one or two, one of each size tutus so that he didn't have to bring so many things with him and then when they get the initial fit down they go back to wherever New York or London, and uh, then they do the cutting of the next group, and so then again we kept the fitting tutus here, the bottoms, and he just brought the bodices back and forth in the suitcases, and so then the final fitting when he came, um, and uh, and and did that just just about six weeks ago before we were ready to put put everything together on stage. Um, then all of the touches were shipped, and he, he spent a couple of weeks here doing the final finishing touches.
0: So when were the final costumes really ready to be put on and tried out on stage?
1: Oh, um, two weeks ago. <laughs> So this doesn't
0: give the dancers much time to get used to to what they feel
1: like. The costume parade was um, when all the costumes were ready. Exactly.
0: What is the costume parade?
1: The the costume parade that we had uh, the Friday night the week before we opened was when all of the costumes were here and uh, selected dancers were um, put into the costumes and then there was a parade on stage so that Um, Mr. Thomas and Mr. Paclodinas could all, along with a variety of the ballet masters and things, could sit down and look at everybody in their costume and make their final notes. Now, Heather Lockard, which is uh, Martin's um, assistant, she was out here and taking all of the notes, and so that's, a, that's an opportunity when you can really see the length of the costumes or the certain cut of the necklines, um, how full the sleeves are. And with all of those notes, subsequently in the next seven days, our uh, wardrobe department, along with uh, the lead costume costumers from New York, um, we, we did all the changes. So, uh, so you t- you can you sometimes have to take apart certain things, or reconstruct them in a certain way, or shorten them, uh, sometimes lengthen them, um, because then you're really able to see visually from the point of view from the audience what it's going to look like in its entirety. And uh, there, not in this production, but well, there have been ones where they get on stage and maybe the colors aren't quite right. Um, And so you might end up taking all the top skirts off and re-dyeing them or um, spray-painting maybe something to give a shadow and uh, you know there's a lot of little tricks that you can do to um, accomplish visually what seems impossible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when the dancers walk across stage, uh, you know, does Helgi say, well, Gosh, that, that skirt that looks right being that length on a taller person maybe needs to lose one of the ruffles so it gets shorter on the, the smaller girls.
1: We, we did lose ruffles in this production. <laughs> There's still a lot of ruffles. <laughs> There's a lot of ruffles downstairs in plastic bags. Um, and it, it, a lot of times, it, they actually will do the choreography so when they're dancing and you don't get to see enough leg or the skirt is very, very full and looks like it's going to, like, maybe they're going to topple over. Um, then, then you have to decide what's the best way to uh, execute the change or facilitate it so that you will achieve the best result so that the dancer can dance the choreography, be comfortable, and still look beautiful and make it look effortless.
0: For those of you who are just joining us, I want to let you know that we are speaking with Patty Fitzpatrick, the costume supervisor, about these wonderful costumes that you'll be seeing today in Don Quixote. Is it easier taking care of a tutu or some of the longer dresses that are featured?
1: Well, um, the tutus, I love the tutus so much, uh, and I've been working on them for so many years, um, but there, there's a protocol that if you take care of them properly, it makes your job much easier. So if you know that every time they're worn, that you check for the strings that, that uh, connect all the layers together, there's like 13 layers of net that's graduated and uh, on, the, on the fifth layer, or there's a hoop and everything is strung together. If you know to check those every performance with our absolutely crack team downstairs, that dresses and maintains all the costumes, and they have a very good eye for that, then it makes your job easier and they don't get run down. And uh, So I think that, that that's something. The, the dresses, it, obviously, that if the ruffles fall off or somebody puts their heel through it, it needs to be repaired immediately. Those things, um, all the costumes are checked after every performance, as well as the laundry that has to be done after every performance so that everything goes back on stage fresh and if it's shared and we have to uh, account and allow for all that.
0: So even though these are brand new costumes, you are really doing a lot every night back there to make sure that it will continue to be beautiful on stage. That's, and,
1: that's true. Yeah. And
0: how long do you expect these costumes will last if you maintain them properly?
1: Well, oh, they should last at least 25 years. They should. Our other productions, like Swan Lake and uh, Sleeping Beauty, Romeo and Juliet, um, a lot of those are, all, those are mostly original costumes that were built in the 80s and uh, the early 90s. Uh, principal costumes a lot of time have to be remade because of the size difference and because they get a lot of wear and there's a lot of partnering, and so the fabrics wear down. Um, but yeah, they, it should last at least you know, 20, 25 years.
0: Well, so you mentioned earlier that one of the benefits of having costumes that we own is so that they can go on tour. And in fact, we are going on tour this summer and fall. A lot of touring coming up. Um, and you were running around pulling things together just this week for that tour. What, what happens yesterday. when you go on tour as far as the costumes are involved?
1: Well, we have to plan in advance for the tours, and the tours are spread out this year, starting with um, Hamburg and Moscow uh, in uh, June, and then to Sun Valley um, the 1st of July, and then we come home and rehearsals are done, and then we go to London at the end of September, and then we go to Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. in November. Now. This week, I was pulling the, the costumes and fitting the costumes for the tour because the costumes have to be packed and ready to go on Thursday uh, because they're shipped on a container to Europe, which will take six weeks. So they'll be traveling while the dancers are laid off or um, uh, rehearsing. That, that's what will happen. And the same thing, the, that they'll, they'll need to be already... Uh, the costumes for London will need to be ready August 3rd to ship to London and uh, and we don't leave until you know the middle of September so there's a lot of advanced preparation and you definitely want to make sure that there's you have as many details as far as fitting and um, uh, if there's anything that has to be remade or dyed or anything that that's all completed in advance.
0: And so when you get over to the Places where you'll be performing. Um, I know here you have dedicated facilities for fixing costumes, washing them. What happens when you are overseas or elsewhere in the country?
1: Depending on where we're going to perform, um, we'll we'll use their, uh, at at their opera houses or uh, maybe at the the Bolshoi or in Hamburg at the opera house, that we would use their um, staff and their facilities that they have uh, resident ballet companies that live just like we live here. Uh, and so um, myself and, and, and George go in and w- we require a staff of dressers, maybe six dressers or f- you know four dressers. And along with that comes their workshop. And so uh, in this case, we, we're lucky that we will have facilities Normally, if we're going someplace and taking a full length ballet, we will take our own crates that have um, sewing machines and um, all of our own supplies. But since this is a smaller group and a a quicker tour, we're just going to be taking the minimum amount of supplies.
0: Do you have any horror stories that you want to share with us about touring?
1: Oh, well, I think that I mentioned to you that we did do the outdoor venue in Nervi, in Italy, um, some years ago, and uh, I took the tour there. I went by myself as the wardrobe person, and uh, we were. I washed the costumes uh, for the next day, and um, they were. We were outside then in the the our indoor dressing rooms and wardrobe room was in a, like was in a tent the, like they set up here for parties and things and so um the uh the skies clouded over and it, they rained all over my costumes that were drying <laughs> and so the the people in the the village uh, uh, right there were so kind in helping to dry them with the hair dryers and things that we were um and they, they brought in all their, the, the wives and the antipastas and the stagehands and set up this Italian feast and we got going on the, <laughs> the things and blowing the fans and getting them dry the best that we could. So that was I guess that's about the best one.
0: It's amazing that items that are so delicate looking really are apparently
1: resilient. I, 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 can't, I can't even believe it myself. I look at some of the costumes and I say when they're brand new, this looks like tissue paper. I mean it's bound to fall apart in like a year, but um, you know here seven, eight years later, you pull it out, you wa- wash it, put it in the machines, you know spin it out, dry it, and it still goes on. it goes on and on, so yeah, some of them are it, sometimes ones that you least expect. Uh,
0: are, are Items like tutus and some of these great costumes that we have today comfortable for the dancers. Do you have tips on how to make the dancers feel comfortable?
1: Well, the, I think the the biggest thing about comfort is a good fit. You know, if something fits you really well, then it should be comfortable. But uh, as we as we progress in uh, making fabrics that have little hidden stretchy qualities and a little bit of spandex here and there always helps as far as um, the the breathing factor, especially when they're so tight, you know, the costumes are cinched in. If they can breathe and that they have rooms in their, their rib cage so that they can move and dance, as you see, I mean, it's exhausting. Um, watching them dance for long periods of time and wondering how on earth they're managing it. But there, there are little tricks too that you can do with inserting spandex for the male dancers, especially when they have to lift the female dancer and then the, the costume has to sort of go up with them, the jacket, and then they want to be able to breathe and then come back down again and you want it to sit where it, where it will be um, a proper fit, and so, uh, yeah, little tiny inserts of spandex help.
0: What are you doing to prepare for next year, or what will you have to do when the touring is over and you can think about next season?
1: No, I, I don't wait till the tour is over because that's that's too late. Um, I'm thinking about it now. And uh, you'll, uh, we'll come back and I will start to pull the costumes at our warehouse. Um, the ones that we actually own, uh, and think about the fittings, and I'll watch who's rehearsing and see if I can't map out which costumes would be best suited, and if I'm going to have to remake things. Um, Nancy will be in charge of the new ballets that are going to be choreographed, uh, you know, um, and lining the people up to build those, and work with the designers, and then um, we will uh, start. To anything that we can, I try to start, like in September, I s- try to start fitting. As soon as they've finished the rehearsals in August, and you know who's gonna dance, if we have the costumes. But we are renting, We're, we, well, the Onegin costumes will be back again, uh, that we rented from National Ballet of Canada, and um, th- there'll, be, uh, there'll be changes, there'll be cast changes, because there's dancers that move in and out of the company at the end of the year.
0: Do you have last-minute cast changes that suddenly send you into a flurry of activity for changing costumes or...?
1: Well, yes, that's <laughs> that happens. Um, and I usually try to think that out and do troubleshooting so I'm prepared. It would be like all of a sudden if somebody got injured and it was a tall girl, like in maybe the... Uh, seguidias, and it's a de- definite length of a skirt, and you would need to have a shorter person to put in. It always helps to have, like, the skirts be buttoned, like on buttonhole elastic, where you could actually just switch it out, and somebody could go on that was a- of a different size. Um, and those costumes are usually very handy. Just in a, in a dressing room on a rack that the dressers can substitute it uh, at the last minute, or there's all sorts of things that can come up. Even you know, even our uh, Basilio last night. Mm-hmm. Oh. I
0: didn't know we had any Basil. You had a Basilio change that you had to
1: work M- in, Mr. Carapetian, Yes, and um, uh, injured himself, and Mr. Bawada had to finish the production wow. last night. So stand by with the costume ready like that.
0: Well, hopefully there won't be any, uh, no, no,
1: no. any it's rare.
0: excitement like that in today's performance. You will see a lot of excitement on stage anyway with Maria and Gennady dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we have a few minutes for questions, if any of you have questions. And, and I will repeat the questions so everyone in the audience can hear before Patty answers. Uh, the, back there, Yes. What is Patty's background that gives her experience for this job?
1: Uh, my background is the, um, that I, um, I started making my own clothes and costumes when I was very young, about 10 or 11 years old, and uh, I, was, um, a comp- I, I was a professional ice skater. And I traveled around the world for ten years skating and wearing costumes and making all my own clothes personally uh, and so with that i the the combination of the two, along with study and classes and um, pacific fashion institute but I, I didn't go i didn't go and get a degree in uh, in theater arts or or design or anything like that. I definitely come from the background of um the, the actual person that was on stage and then became um, uh, involved in backstage. Do you have a big staff that helps you? I do, well it's not, it's, it's a small staff, but I do have help. Yes? I to ask
0: about ballet shoes, so you responsible for the shoes. This question is, is Patty responsible for the ballet shoes that the dancers wear?
1: Um, I'm not responsible for issuing the shoes. Uh, Sherry LeBlanc is our our shoe person. Um, I used to be the shoe person a, quite a while ago, about 10 years ago, and uh, the the job was t- it it needed to be given to somebody that was just in charge of shoes. But I am responsible for dyeing the shoes and painting the shoes and making sure that when they go on stage that they're the correct uh, color and I mix all the paints and make sure that everything um, matches the way that it should. So in that respect, yes.
0: Any other questions? Yes. How much does it cost to get the costumes for a production like this?
1: Well, I don't know specifically, but I do know that there's a there's a couple of million dollars it can cost up that much, um, and things like the tutus on stage can range from twelve hundred dollars to six thousand dollars. So there's, there's quite a bit of difference in the individual pricing and how many you need. But it's, it's very expensive, and that's why we are, um, and have in the past, done a lot of co-productions with other companies so we can split the costs. Yes. This is sort of a gross
0: question, but with all the sweat, how do those costumes hold up? With all of the sweat, how do those costumes hold up? And how do you wash them?
1: Um, We wash anything that we can in the washing machine, and they get washed every performance, if they can be washed. Um, The rest of it we do by hand, and uh, all the tutus, uh, the insides of the bodices are all cleaned and washed with soap and water. Basically, I have to say that my... uh, I like to use things that are non-chemical. I like to use Dr. Bonner's peppermint soap. I like to use things that are very uh, mild. And, um, and I'm not afraid to, to, to take them and, and wash them and clean them and hose them down and do whatever it takes to keep them clean because it's really important to get the perspiration out. That way you do have longevity. Thank you.
0: hmm Well, with the curtain going up, I think that might be our cue that we should be ending right now. (laughs) So I would like to thank all of you for coming. And thank you so much, Patty, for, for sharing your thoughts on this production.
1: Thank you so much.